Welcome to episode 40 of the Gold Card Podcast. We're finally back, gentlemen. It's our first pick show of the 2020 season. Our first weekly pick show, I should say. Get hype. Cheers. Cheers to 2020. All right. All right. Um, with me tonight, we have one of the regulars, one of the guys, the man, the myth, the legend, the sports plug, at the sports plug, John George. How's it going, everybody? We have the Lord of the Underdogs, the Lord of the Long Shots, Mr. Calvin T at Ruler R Sama. Hey guys, I'm taking a new approach this year. Um, no more long shots for me. Get out of here! <laughs> Get out! And we'll uh, un- unfortunately, without us tonight is Chris Chung at Prime. LOL. But uh, he will be hopefully joining us next week. So. Uh, before we get into everything, I just wanted to int- I just wanted to say uh, I hope everybody had a great off season. Uh, we've been releasing content, so if you haven't checked out any of our off season content, I encourage you to do so. We've done tier list shows for North America, the LEC in Europe, and the LPL in China. Next week we'll have the LCK, and uh, we've also done some. You know, we did a couple hot stove season episodes. So if you haven't caught up with all that. Uh, I highly recommend at least checking out the tier list episodes because they give you a lot of context on the ang- you know where we're at on each of these teams. Uh, and now that we're talking specifically picks again, uh, it's good to have that context on you know where we're coming from, and it's uh it's good to have that. Another thing, uh, I've added uh, a couple couple podcast networks that were now available, and we should be available on Stitcher now, uh, Spotify. So that. You know, it's pretty much everywhere where you can get podcasts now. So if you if you aren't checking it out, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Every little bit helps to raise visibility. Let's build this shit up. So check that out. And um, that's all I got for housekeeping stuff, guys. You ready to rock and roll with this? I am ready to roll. So I mean, before we dive in, how was your off season? Did you guys take any time off? Did you go anywhere? Like you know. This is our first show of the new season, but I, you know, we've been we've been doing stuff, but I never really asked you guys how was your off season. Uh, John, go ahead, bro. You know, it was boring, Gelati. It was boring. Christmas, the family. Oh God. You know, I mean, what are you what are you doing if you're not betting legally? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say right? <laughs> you had nowhere to get your fix. Get the full degenerate status. A three week break from MMA as well. Just oh, oh just man, brutal just stuff. Brutal, brutal. Especially you. You don't. Even, you barely do football, so you were probably tortured. Yeah, no football here. Oof. Cal, what about you? How's your off season? Um, so it was pretty good. You know, played a lot of football. Uh, just asked Chris, asked Santa for a bunch of Christmas presents. Got them all, so it's okay. Simple, succinct. I dig it. Yep. Um. I didn't do a whole lot. I just enjoyed my time off, and I I love football, so I I dove deep on football during my time off. I needed to get my need to keep my brain working in some way. So, uh, yeah, we have that. Get the Super Bowl next week. Maybe we'll talk about that later. We'll see. Uh, all right, um, let's get into it. I, I don't even want to waste any more time. So, a couple things before we start. Uh, North America has changed their format. They've changed the playoff format. Um, which we don't really need to worry about right now, but we will, you know, further down the line. We can talk about that then. More importantly, they've changed the weekly broadcast format. So what's going to happen now is they're going to have four games on Saturday, 
four, it's still ten games a week. It's four games on Saturday, four games on Sunday. Then they're going to do Monday Night League of Legends, which I think is an absolutely brilliant decision from a marketing standpoint. Right? I agree. It's it's brilliant because I, I can tell you I've been I've been following esports for shit damn near twenty years now. Right? And one of the biggest problems is when you have that weekend, you have the weekend, right? Whether it's a tournament that's happening or, uh, you know, now re- more recently in the last decade or so, it's been like league format kind of situations where it's like, okay, we play on the weekends, we play, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something like that. The one thing that we've never had, unless it's like a weird international tournament or if you follow like Counter-Strike, is we've never had anything to watch on Monday night. It's just recap shows. And even the recap shows and stuff, most people aren't writing stuff and releasing stuff till Tuesday or Wednesday that week because everyone takes that day off. So now we're going to have a day to fill the void, right? Yep, I love the idea personally. It's a it's it's yeah. it's, a, it's such a smart marketing decision because there's nothing on on Monday night. And there's I think nothing on. And football season's I'm, over. If I'm not misunderstanding, maybe I misread this, but I think they're going to have some academy games on on Mondays sometimes too. And if they do that, that's that's also brilliant in my opinion. Get a get a day where a double lift is playing and then the academy guys are playing later so that you can you, you tune in to watch Double Lift if you're a casual fan. Then you catch an academy game, and maybe you start getting interested in what's going on in the minor leagues. So I hope they do that as well. It just gives yeah, you really it just gives you something to do on Monday, right? Like, <laughs> and maybe I sound like a total degen saying all this, but like, well, you know, the LPL had Monday nights. Yeah, like, but like for real though, like Western fans didn't with this is with like any esport too. Yeah. Everything is weekend focused, which makes sense, right? Because Everyone has more time on the weekends. They want to watch the stuff on, you know, they'll take a Friday off, go see an LEC game or whatever. But, like, everything's always been weekend-centric in this whole industry. So, I think it's, I mean, and it's two games. So, it's not like you're going to spend your entire Monday, but it's two games. It's it's a good idea. I I absolutely love it. And, um, yeah, you mentioned the LPL earlier, but... For those that don't know, the LPL already played a week. They played their first week already, so this is not; these are not the first major regions to start. Um, the LPL is going to be every single day until April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every single wild. day once they come back from the Chinese New Year, every single day. Like, there's not even a. Last year we had we had the six day week. And, like, sometimes a five-day week, depending. We're going to have every single day there's going to be action, which is which is cool. So, um, yeah, so that's the only real big change. Europe has stayed basically the same. We've had some team name change or some um, organizations change, but some of the faces are the same. So we'll, uh, we'll mention that as we see them. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is weird. We have some time to fill because this is not going to be, like, the super long, like, all four plus regions shows, so we can really take our time with these games. But are you guys ready to dive into this? Yep, I'm ready. This All right. First week of the year, we're going to open in Europe, Friday, January 24th, give or take noon Eastern. I think it's 11 Eastern, but whatever. Uh, this Friday morning slash afternoon for most of us, we have the opening game, G2 Esports against Mad Lions. G2 Esports minus 450, Mad Lions plus 300. John, you want to take this one away? Bit of a weird choice for the first game of the season, don't you think? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, like 
not super competitive. I feel like it would have been kind of cool if they'd put a like a Fnatic versus G2 or Origin or some combination of those teams. Even a Forgiven, Forgiven's first game up as the as the first game of the season or something. But yeah, you know, I mean, not not a super exciting matchup. The odds aren't great. I do think Mad Lions has the potential to be pretty good this season, but I'm still not sure. I'm messing with them in the. G2 doesn't strike me. You guys let me know what you think about this, but G2 doesn't strike me as one of the teams that comes out weak at the beginning of the season. Cal, you want to take that? Because I got thoughts yeah. on that. Well, I, I'm pretty much on John. Uh, G2 really does start pretty strong because I feel like they want to secure playoff spots like early on, and then you just see them, not, I won't say like, try to punt games, but they just draft weirdly and then just you know really just don't care near the end of the season. So... Yeah, they've traditionally started strong. They've been a team that comes out and goes 9-0 or whatever and then loses their games once they've locked up, you know, first place or the playoffs at least. I'm not sure I would expect them to be weak at the beginning of the season. I've got a couple of uh, – so, I, again, I started writing on this, and, and, you know, the thought crossed my mind. It was something that we hadn't really discussed in the preseason shows or the hot stove shows or anything like that. But I kind of have this angle on G2 that, like, they're going to be in full, like, New England Patriots style FU mode or like fun plus Phoenix style FU mode where it's like, they're going to be so pissed that they got embarrassed in the way that they, you got to think the last time we saw them, they were humiliated more or less. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this, like fun plus Phoenix on the day played an unbelievable series and they deserve to win the world championship. But you know, six or seven times out of 10 G2 is winning that series, right? Yeah. And they have to feel bad about that. You're and that's going to, that's had two and a half months now to just simmer, right? It's just like maybe not two. It's yeah, it's like two and a half months to just simmer and and eat away at them, and they're just going to be so pit. They're gonna they're gonna be fired up. This team hasn't changed. They haven't changed anything. They're running the same roster back, and I almost feel bad for Mad Lions because they're just running into a buzzsaw here. But like, yeah, I think you're totally right. I, I, I'd expect G two to win this match fairly handily. Now, so do you think they're going to style on this? Do you think they're going to bust out any kind of weird pick just to say, like, yo, we're back? Or is this just going to be, like, cold calculated, just destroy you? Because that's what I think it's going to be. Yeah, I think that yeah. makes the most sense to me. Especially against a new team. They just probably just want to beat them quick. Seven and a half is a huge kill spread. I was just like, I, I wrote spreads and the over-unders because, you know, we're only talking about, you know, 20 games for this oh. episode, so... That's a pretty big number, but I'd almost consider that even at this. Like, it's G2 are going to smash this game. Like, there's a chance there's some rust or whatever, or like, there's no film on the Mad Lions guys, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Any, anybody, like, any love for Mad Lions here or no? I don't think you pay 450, but yeah. Uh, I think yeah. Pretty big bet. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty weird because I'm, I'm all about early season underdogs and just the nature of league of legends right now is super high variance. Like everything's really close to 50, 50. Like it's a lot, everything's compressed. It's a lot closer to 50, 50 now where like, you're going to see good teams just punt games like more often than they would have last year. Not just because like the, like it's kind of the opposite last year, the drafts were very, very weird and you could like catch people off guard with a weird pick. This year, it's just the nature of the game is there is going to be a huge 5v5 fight at the first dragon or, like, at bot lane and then to the dragon, and sometimes you just lose that fight, right, even if you're a good team, right? So, and in the past, 
good teams have been able to recover from that, but the the tools for snowballing are so like powerful right now that it's really really tough to make comebacks and and establish a defensive front in the game right now. So I'm going to be leaning on underdogs for a little while until the game changes. But even with that considered, I'm not I'm not touching I'm not messing with G two. <laughs> like I agree, G two are going to be one of the favorites to win the world championship again this year. So I, I like. Unless they start off slow. Like, I want to say it first, right? All right. Not too much else on that one. Uh, Team Vitality, minus 200 against SK Gaming, plus 150. Uh, All these lines are from Bet365, but obviously shop around for whatever works for you. Uh, We had Vitality rated pretty low. I think we had them aggregated to ninth in our tier list, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I have I have them personally a little bit higher than that, but that was where our aggregation had them. So, and we had SK Gaming, not quite unanimously, but I think three of us had SK last, right? I had Vitality last, actually. So, to me, this is a case of like, okay, like these are two somewhat similar teams in that they're like pseudo rebuilding. Like, SK's not really, but kind of is, and Vitality's not really, but kind of is also. I think Vitality have the best player in this series in Cavishard, right? Yeah. But, like, should Vitality be minus 200 over anybody, even SK? Like, I know we were down on SK Gaming, but, like, feels like SK's the play here, right? Uh, there is there's an argument as well. SK has has a couple guys coming back. I mean, so does Vitality. I do think Vitality probably wins... The only argument for me is whether the line is different enough to to go the to go the bet just because it's one fifty. See, to me, like I, I tend to favor dogs early in the season because when you have so much time to prepare for your first four games, mm. like there's a lot of especially bad teams. There's like two kinds of bad teams, right? Or there's like the trajectory of bad teams, I should say. There's bad teams that are going to look really good at first. I kind of think E-Star is going to suffer from this in the LPL, right? Where there's bad teams that are going to look good at first because they've had time to prepare. They're kind of weird because they didn't, which is a different story. But, like, both these teams had a ton of time to prepare for this game. This is going to be as close to 50-50 as I could imagine, and I think these two teams are pretty close as it is. So I'm going to be on SK Gaming here. I think in the end I'm probably not going to bet this game. But if I was going to bet, it would be on SK Gaming. But I think I'm probably going to abstain. I think Vitality is the better team. I had them ranked uh, like fifth or sixth, sixth, I think, in my rankings. So Yeah, so you you were a lot higher on them than I was. I think I had them eighth just because I think Cabochard's good enough that he could steal some games by himself. I, I had them rated exactly where I had FlyQuest because I think they compare nicely to FlyQuest where it's like, you have some new players, some continuity, but like the continuity is not particularly great besides like one player. And it happens to be the top laner also with them. So well, they got Jack Troll still in there, but yeah, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'm counting any value from the returning Jack Troll. But exactly. All right. So yeah, I mean, I'm I, I like SK Gaming. It's not like a heavy duty play or anything like that. But I think the, and I think the combination of the state of the game being high variance and you know they have the entire off season to prepare. Like these two teams are going to be more prepared for this game than they're going to be prepared for any game the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of time for sure. That's the way I look at it. And you, 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 like, 
just to get back to the trajectory point, you always see this thing where you have new teams or like bad teams, so to speak. They'll start strong because they've had, you know, four, assume they put these rosters together by January. They've had three or four weeks now to prepare, right? Yeah. They're going to be as prepared for these. And then once the game starts kicking, once the season kicks in, and they have to adapt every week, and then there's the meta changes, and then the other teams are seeing stuff, and they get film on you. Once everything starts compiling, that's when bad teams and bad coaching staffs tend to fall behind, right? Whereas the other like, good teams tend to you know, escalate at that point because they're better at that, right? So that's why like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tend to lean toward underdogs even if I don't think the teams are better. Like, I think Vitality is going to be a better team this season for sure. I just think all of these lines should be compressed a lot at the beginning of the season. So that makes sense. Uh, Cal, you think Vitality or SK? Um, I have balls like dead last, but I think <laughs> if, if I had to bet, I'd, I'd pick uh, SK for just a value. I just don't know how this is gonna go. I mean, I had him pretty much even, which I uh, I might be wrong or not. Who knows? I also think these kill totals in Europe are really low. So, just for comparison, so a lot of these are like 25, 26, 27 and a half. The LPL so far this year and the offseason Demacia Cups and Casper Cups have all been hovering like 26, 27, 28 range. The okay. LPL tends to be pretty bloody, but uh, Europe is also pretty bloody most of the time. Like, they're not opposed to, to scrapping. So, I'm going to be leaning probably to the overs in a lot of these games too, especially with the bad teams. So... Or the, the perceived weaker teams, anyway. Um, anything else on this one? Nope. No, yeah, I think we're all right on this game. Misfits, plus 162. Rogue, minus 225. So, I think they did a pretty good job with the LEC this week, to be honest. Yeah, the I, do, I do, too. I was thinking the same thing. I think these lines for the LEC are pretty tight. I do think Rogue should be a reasonable favorite. Um over misfits minus 225 honestly for this matchup might be pretty close to what i'd be willing to bet really in a best yeah. of one first best of one of the year you really th- like i, I know you're high on thing, rogue that's the only thing that's holding me back is that it's the first game of the season and we were just talking about some reasons why the first game of the season is going to affect how you feel about the matchup so i'm probably going to end up holding off but i think rogue is a lot better than misfits yeah might, might just wait and see if they announce Fabian as the starter which they haven't actually done yet, right? Like, they haven't announced yeah. whether it's Fabiven or Ronaldo, right? Yeah, I don't think we have an official announcement on, on who's starting. I'm going to need to know that for my fantasy lineup. Yep, you're going to need to know it. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, again, just on principle. I'm just giving misfits. Like, it's going to seem, like, kind of, honestly, like, almost like system play here, where it's just, like, I'm just, like, trying to get value. But I, I really do think, like, the first week of the season, you're you're better. Like, there's not really any historical evidence of this necessarily, but it just makes sense to me where it's like, like we don't know. Like, these two teams are going to be more prepared than anything. And I think when you have level of preparation like that, uh, unless it's between, like, really good teams that we know have a history with, like, good coaching staves and all, it's uh, when you have a lot of time to prepare, the teams are going to be very close to 50-50. Unless there's like a huge gap, now you might think there's a huge gap here, right, John? Is that is that where you're angling? I do think there's a yeah, I do think there's a pretty good gap there. Yeah, like I think Rogue is a better team for sure. I think I had Rogue fifth in my rankings. 
they were like that's fifth right. or sixth. I had them like almost definitely making the playoffs. But well, they were like the because we when we came up with Europe, we figured out there were like five teams that are like almost definitely going to make the playoffs, and Rogue was like the fifth team. I think you had them fourth, right? I had them fifth. I had Schalke fourth. Yeah, so you had them like we all think Rogue, like Rogue and Excel are like the gatekeeping teams, like five and six, right? Yeah, right. But we right. also, but we also think that Rogue is like better. So, like, there's a kind of a, a clear cut between Rogue and Excel. So, like, yeah. the EU is like literally split in half. Like, yeah, there's five teams that are definitely going to be making playoffs, and there's going to be five teams fighting for the last spot. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of how I feel about it. So, I don't know. I'm I'm still going to lean Misfits. I'm going to end up passing, but I'm honestly closer to betting Rogue than betting Misfits. Oh, that's reasonable. Cal, thoughts on yeah. this one? I'm passing as well. Um, I think Rogue's a better team by a good amount. Right. Trusting in Finn? Trust, trusting in, yeah, Finn. <laughs> Hansama. Larson. Hansama is really, really good. So. I don't want to overthink this. I'm going to stick to the dogs. <laughs> Next up, we have Shago 4, minus 163 against Excel, plus 120. Uh, Shaka obviously... Probably the biggest offseason, besides, like, actually, like, rebranding and all that, like some of these other teams have done. Um, adding Forgiven. Gilius. Yeah, this feels like one where you might be able to play a little bit of the narrative because, like, Forgiven has to want to win this game so bad. Yeah. He's got to want to win so bad. He's been gone for so long, taken out in his prime. Feels like this is definitely a spot where he's going to be ready to get some blood. I kind of like Schalke in this matchup. Yeah, I one sixty three feels like so much to lay, but like I might just be on that. Like I already think Schalke is like a tier and a half better than Excel. Like I think I think Schalke's got a good chance to be like th- you know third or second, right? And it's not just like the placement that matters, but like I think they're. I think they're better than Rogue, like definitely like a cut better than Rogue, right? I mean, assuming that they realize most of what I think that this roster is going to realize, which I think they're going to. I think they're more likely to be good than not. Yeah, I'll say this is this is definitely our biggest like diversion from mainstream thought. Um, I've seen a lot of people ranking Schalke very lowly this uh-huh. season, not believing in this roster, and I don't know, man. The roster looks pretty good to me, but. I guess I mean Abadage and Oduamne is pretty good core. I, I guess a lot of it does come down to if Forgiven is what he used to be. If he's what he used to be, then this team's definitely like a top three, top four team. If he's bad, <laughs> then then maybe they're not good enough. But you know what's weird about this team too, and we didn't talk about this on the the, the preview show or whatever. But what's weird about Shaka is normally when a player like Forgiven comes back, there's like hype about it, right? There's, like, overhype. Like, people are like, oh, man, remember how good he was, blah, 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 and they go on and everything, and, like, normally they're overrated because of that, right? Yeah. Like, when a when a name-brand player comes back, that's the case. But, like, I don't know if it's just been long enough and there's enough new people in the field that, like, they don't remember how dominant he was. He didn't exactly go out with a bang, necessarily. It's like, true. his last season, he wasn't great. Like, he wasn't the best AD carry in Europe. Like, I mean, he didn't perform, like, the best AD carry in Europe, necessarily. But, like, you look at the dude's track record over his career, he's a beast. And maybe that doesn't come to fruition. But, 
I don't know. So, like, I don't know. What's the implied odds on 163? Let's take a look, quick look real quick. 62%. That feels about right, right? Yeah. This is one of those spots where, like, I don't think I'm getting value with Schalke, but I'm, I might bet Schalke anyway just because, one, I'm a little biased, and two, I think they should beat this team. Like, what if we find out Schalke – if we find out Schalke are, like, 80% of what we thought they were going to be and Excel is what we thought they were going to be, this line's probably, like, 250, right? Yeah, I mean, I do think Excel has some upside to them. Yeah, I do too. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to dump on Excel here, but I do think like, so let's say Schalke are eighty percent of what we thought they were, and and Excel exceed expectations a little bit. I think that's where the line is. I think that's this line. I'm a little. I think it's honestly. I think it's like fifty fifty. Who ends up a better team at the end of the season between Schalke and Excel? Hmm. I think Schalke has a much higher ceiling than XL, yeah, but I but think the self-destruct factor is way higher too. Yeah, their, their percentage chance that they're just bad is much much higher than XL because I mean Tor and and Patrick is a good bot lane. I'd agree. It's not like it's not like I mean, it's not like they're just going to automatically dumpster on that bot lane, right? Like we like we think forgiven is forgiven. He's going to do what he does, and like I hope he does. I'm a fan. I hope he does, but that's a good bot lane. That's like a yeah, good that's, test. To, that's going to be a good litmus test. Like, you know, it's a, as as much as a one game sample size can be, right? Yeah, I think they're, I think they're like a solid team that's always going to be like a fifth through seventh type of team. And Schalke could be among the worst teams in the league if everything implodes. So I don't know. I think first game of the season, I'm I'm gonna either let it go or bet on XL. Yeah, I could see that. It's so funny. Like I'm I'm dog dog dog, and then like I'm trying to justify the favorite badly here because I'm biased, but. <laughs> I mean, in honest, like in all honesty, I think this line's exactly right, and it's probably just to stay away unless you find a good reason one way or the other. Because I actually yeah. think this is pretty pretty close. Calvin, what do you think on this one? You got a side, or or are you just avoiding it? Save K. Ah, <laughs> I see how it is, Cal. We'll have to come back to it. Oh, my bad. My mic was muted. Oh, there he is. Okay, go ahead. I was trying to fix it. I don't know what well, was weird. Is no, this too like, much to pay for Schalke? Yes, it is. Um, I just don't know. It's just unknowns of Forgiven in that bottom lane. Uh, uh, he might just come out and just suck, to be honest with you. It's possible. And, like, it's just true. I mean, you know, he's playing like at a high-tier competitive like league. You know what I mean? It's a year off, a couple years off or whatever. It's, it's pretty tough. It's pretty long. So, I don't know. I'm thinking I'm going to bet XL in this spot, though, in my opinion. It's totally reasonable. Uh, you know, we we've talked a lot about forgiving this offseason because I think I mean, I mean I think we're all fans of the guy. Yeah, we want for him sure. to succeed. One of the angles I don't think we have. To- so we've all, we basically talked about this like in a binary fashion, right? Where it's like he's going to come back and it's going to be him right away, and he's going to be dumpstering on people and doing what he does, and you know being the lane dominant player, right? Or he's just going to suck and he can't keep up anymore, right? Those are the two angles we've talked about. The other angle is like maybe it just takes him time to catch up to speed, or maybe he starts all slow. Right. Yeah, like maybe he's just exactly okay. He's just a starter, yeah. right? Like <laughs> yeah. that would actually be the worst. Like I'd rather see him flame out in a flame of glory than than anything else, right? Like that almost like, be worse. Yeah, Forgiven's all right. Like <laughs> no, I refuse, <laughs> and he would refuse too. 
think I agree. I think he would refuse. That's interesting. I actually think this is like kind of the most interesting match of the first day, besides maybe the next one, which is uh, you guys. Anything else on this one? No, that, that's a good matchup. Besides the forgiven fanboyism that we were clearly showing here, um, Fnatic. Uh, last game of the day on Friday. Uh, Fnatic minus 200, Origin plus 150. So, I actually picked... This is my pick of the week, actually. Uh, Go for it. Love Origin here in this spot against uh, Fnatic. I just think that... I feel like it's the same thing as, like, IG and stuff. Uh, they have, I'm pretty sure they have this one scheduled as well because, like, the two teams that were really good, both splits, and just couldn't make it to Worlds. I mean, just beating G2, like, it's literally impossible. You know, <laughs> it's literally impossible. So it's like with those two type of teams, it's just like them two trying to do good out for a second for some pride. You know what I mean? So just in general, I really like Afari and adding Xerxes to Origin is just like an upgrade in my opinion. So uh, self-made is still, I mean, he was one of the better players on SK last year, but I don't think he's better than Xerxes. You know what I mean? And so I hey, do have... I have a hard time with, with this matchup, actually, the more that I kind of, like, looked at it. I can't decide if I think that Fnatic is going to fall down this year or not. That's, hey, like... Why is that? Is, is it just... Is it just the... I mean, Chris, Chris yeah, seems what, to think what did, they what, will. What, what did Chris tell you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, what did there, he say? I, there is an argument, I think, that, like, Reckless is... Reckless, it feels a little bit kind of like double lift to me in that... Or no, Bjergsen's a better example. Of somebody who used to be so good that they could just dumpster enemy teams by themselves and now is just, like, an above average, but just, not... Like, they, they don't just solo dumpster everybody all the time. And so that that factor has fallen off a little bit. They've got a new jungle, which is obviously we talked about, especially right now, like, one of the most important things going on in League is having a good, you know, jungle that works well with your team. I don't know. I think there's an there's an argument. Keep in mind, by the way, that both of the summer and spring split last year, Fnatic did not have great starts. And that was with their returning roster with Broxa. So I don't know. There's, a, I think there's an argument that maybe they don't have a great start to the spring split and maybe don't have a great spring split at all. You think maybe Chris was on to something here? I think maybe he was. The more that I'm thinking about it, and I kind of like this Excel roster, although you guys will have to give me your opinions on this, but the Excel roster does feel a little bit like it might be too many guys who play the like slower, older style of league. Origin, you mean? Yeah, yeah, Origin. Um yeah. Like Nuke Duck is is kind of a guy that is from the from the back in the day type squad, and he's played some assassins and some cool stuff. But I think he's a slower player in general. Upset, I think, is a guy that wants to play a slower, longer game. It's possible that this might be a kind of behind the times slow team. I don't know. Both these teams have me in a have my panties in a bunch. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I kind of like just playing Origin. Like, I've been talking about underdogs. I, you know what? The more I talk about it, I'm going to be on Excel, too, I think. Yeah, just and like I, in I, think I, like origin. I think I like the origin play just like you guys. It's the, it's the same reason. Like, I, I I think these two teams are close. In, like, I have Fnatic number two in Europe, and I still think origin, like, go close to 50-50 with them on a, on an average day, right? Yeah, I had a Fnatic number two and Origin number three, so I think they're right next to each other. And they kind of went back and forth in spring and summer last year with their old rosters. Origin beat them in spring, and then Fnatic beat them in summer. So it's it feels like it's been a kind of close matchup all year. I don't know. 
This yeah. is a tough one for me. I, I I just think this should be like really close to fifty fifty. Like this should be like buck one twenty minus one twenty plus one hundred something like that, or like minus one thirty minus one ten if you want to juice it up, right? Yeah, that makes sense. To like me. we're gonna see some of those lines in NA where it's like minus one twenty five minus one ten. It's like basically saying fifty fifty lean one way. Like this should be fanatic minus like one thirty. So like line value tells me I want to do origin, and I know we're not always about that necessarily, but like. I think especially early in the season, yeah, absolutely. Like before the lines get really tuned up, you just take uh, you just take where the value's at, I think. Unless you got yeah. a really re- good reason otherwise, which is totally reasonable, right? Yeah. Um and I think yeah, I think with slow starting team like that, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. All right. Uh Saturday we have Vitality plus 120 Mad Lions minus 163 same as the Shock XL line. I had these two teams basically right next to each other. Uh, I think one's got a lot more upside than the other. But actually, really, not that much more. I, I just think Mad Lions has a little bit more upside. Again, Cabochard is the best player in the series. Is that enough to really tilt this, you know? Yeah, and especially, you know, we haven't got a chance. These are basically the rookie battle. I mean, we got yeah. guys that aren't rookies, Humanoid and, and Cabochard and Jack Troll, but... It's basically the rookie battle, and we haven't really seen any of these guys on the big stage before. We don't know if somebody's going to underperform on the big stage, or yeah, I think uh, I think I kind of like just t- just taking the underdog here. Yeah, that's again like I, it's just so hard for me not to want to take the underdog in all these situations because the especially with teams like this, where we just don't know. There's a lot of question marks, right? Yep. Cal. Um. Yeah, pretty much on you guys, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think we'll we'll have a much better idea. I get the feeling that if this matchup took place like two or three weeks from today, we would have a very clear idea of who the better team was. Oh yeah. But right now, I'm not sure there's really any point in trying to speculate about which rookies are going to perform better. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Better just better to just take an underdog with Cabochard on it and and hope that he yeah, just like... He's the best player in this series, right? Hmm. Like, if you consider it's like, okay, like, put, like, Cabochard and Humanoid next to each other, right? Cabochard's like, Humanoid was good last year. Cabochard's probably a better player, right? Yeah, I would give it Jack Troll, maybe slight minus, makes this even, right? (laughs) Right? I say slight minus. It could be a heavy minus. We'll see. Makes this, like, relatively even with the known quantities we have in the game. There's three known quantities, right? Because yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of these guys in, in EU Masters and stuff, but like we don't we don't know how they're going to transition, right? Yeah, and it's a big difference too. Like if you watch EU Masters, some of the teams in EU Masters clearly have players that are not anywhere near the level of the LEC, and so it's possible that a guy has a hype EU Masters and then turns out to just really not be very good in the LEC because he was playing against a bunch of you know Italian teams in the EU Masters that you know campus party sparks and some yeah, things like that. Yeah, it's where, yeah, he looks sweet in that series, but you know, is he is he going to be able to perform on the LEC stage? You know, you don't really know until you see it. So exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about that, like this is another one that should probably just be even. And this is I th- this is another case of a lot of these numbers are the book taking like an, either an algorithm or an Elo model or something like that and just spitting out a number, and it's spitting Mad Lions out as splice, right? We think that's the, I'm pretty confident. That's, that's my what's theory. Going on. Yeah, that's yeah. my theory. Like I'm pretty confident on that. After seeing this for a couple of years now, like 
this happens every single spring season, right? You see it in the futures markets too, where it's like, like Mad Lions are like the fourth. They have them as like the fourth team to win the split, right? Yeah, they had Mad Lions. Um, was it Mad Lions that was plus two hundred? No, that was Vitality. They had Vitality. Yeah, it's like I, I know it was like Vitality and Mad Lions were like fourth and fifth to like favorite. I think Mad was split. It's like I what? think Mad was like plus six hundred, where it was like you know reasonably likely that they could win the split. Which yeah, is, that's like know. the same odds as TSM. Yeah, you look TSM. at these rosters and you're like, eh. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, I mean, sure they could they could be that good. Like I think they Possible. could be a playoff team. Like they could come out hot, take teams and other other teams try to take time to figure them out, and they just finish fourth place. I don't see them winning the split or anything, but yeah, you know they could that could happen, but like it's not likely. Yeah, I don't think it's the most likely outcome for sure. So, so are we all on Vitality here? Yeah, I think I like Vitality. Yeah, that's like Vitality. our that's like our that's like our unanimous pod pick of the week. I think so. <laughs> um, Rogue minus two twenty five, Excel plus one sixty two. It's got to be this... Excel here, right? Um, I still feel like I think Rogue is the better team. I do, I do too, but like, yeah, I'm thinking with my previous logic. Like, I think. I think Excel is a team that can come out and win a game early in the season. I think I like them at plus 162. Yeah. And you can get, uh, yeah, that's about where it's at. I've looked at a couple spots already. So it's the same thing. Like, I have these two teams, like, Rogue, like, there's a clear delineation between these two, but, like, it's not this big. It's like a half tier. It's not a full tier to me. Yeah, not game one, I don't think. Yeah. And I again, like Excel early in the season. The other thing we did, the other angle we didn't discuss in this is that like these are best of one still, like that that makes me like underdogs even more, right? Yeah. So it's it's just all of these things compound on one another where it's like they have many weeks to prepare. These are the most prepared these bad teams are going to be. It's a best of one. If they're going to break out some cheesy stuff, this is a good time or or some weird strategy where you know they're going to have the. There's a good time for underdogs, is the the case in point, like TLDR, right? Yeah. And especially if you have two teams evenly matched, just take the dog. Like it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward this early in the year. Uh, next up, anything else on this one? Uh, no, I think this is about my thoughts on that. Uh, Shalka plus two hundred origin minus two seventy five. I love Shalka here. I mean, we're, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? With this one, it's going to be interesting because if Shulker are bad day one, like real bad, then you're going to be able to get even better odds. But do you even want to bet them if they look really bad on day one? I, If they lose like a close series to Excel, I'm going to be even more on Shulker. I don't know what you guys think on this one. I don't know if I... This one's tough because I think Origin Origin's always been one of those steady teams for me, and I think they even got steadier by adding upset, where they're like not mm-hmm. a team that I think is going to lose games to worse teams, and I'm just not sure that I think that Schalke is going to be ready to beat them this early in the season. I don't know. I think if Schalke looks pretty good and as aggressive, and Origin kind of looks slow, like I might have to bet Schalke here, and I think they'll the line's good enough where we can do, I can do that. Because, yeah. like, if Fortune plays super slow and still somehow beats Fnatic, you know, so what, but if Chaka comes out just banging or even it look kind of okay, I, I mean, like I said, they could still win. 
I can see why why you'd want to. I can see why you'd want to bet Schalke here, but I I think That's, I think that I line just that. seems absurd, right? Like what am I? <laughs> like I know, plus hundred, what thirty percent to win? Minus two seventy five. Yeah, I, I'm not betting minus two seventy five either, but. Like, that's nuts to me. Like, there's no way. There's no way. Like, I know this is juiced, but, like... Like, like to me, this should be closer to, like, what Fnatic Origin is. Like, minus 200 plus 150 at worst. Like, if anything, it should be closer than that, right? Like, I know you... I, John, I know you think Origin's definitely better, like, at least more consistent, but, like... Again, best of one, first game of the season. We're going to find out. Real fast, like I don't yeah, think... more continuity, more yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things going for Origin in the in this matchup. That's true, I guess. I don't know. I think I'm more likely to bet Schalke later in the season in this matchup. It's reasonable. Uh, I don't know. It just feels like no, nobody except for like awful teams versus elite teams should be favored by this much. That's the way I feel about it. Plus two like, hundred, like a thirty percent chance, roughly. Yeah, like uh, that's about what I feel like they have. Let me see. Two hundred. Yeah, like thirty-three. It's a third. So yeah, it feels yeah that feels like about what they have, like about a one in three chance of winning. All right. Anything else on this one? I mean, I'm I'm on shocker for this one. This might end yep. up being my pick of the week. We'll see. I got to think on it more. Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> as as okay. we're as we're going, I got to think on it more. Oh, we'll, man, see. Man. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up, we have Misfits plus two seventy five against Fnatic minus four hundred. This is one. I'm just gonna be on the dog again. Like I feel so boring this episode. Like it's game. Man. It's game two. It's the first weekend. Like if Fnatic's gonna come out slow, we've seen this before. I don't like Misfits that much, but yeah, I don't like. I don't really like Misfits at all. Two seventy five. They do have Dan Dan, who I do like quite a bit, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can bet them against Fnatic. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as well. Um, I think Fnatic's just a clear cut better team than Misfits right now. Plus two seventy five is very good odds, but That's I'm just insane, not sure. Insane, man! Like, but you can't like. But Origin's a good team, so even if Fnatic loses to Origin, it's like you can't be like, oh, okay, now I'm gonna sort of yeah, now slam on Misfits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like to me. I'm, I'm, I'm treating each of these individually. Like I don't want to respond to what happens the day before because it's one game. It doesn't matter, right? Unless there's yeah, some mean, like astronomically terrible shit. I'm not, I'm not gonna react. Like I'm not reacting at all for the first day. I see what Cal's saying though. Like if they, if they lost day one and they looked really bad and they lost to like I don't know Vitality or Mad Lions or somebody, you might be willing to take plus two seventy five on Misfits, but. Losing to Origin, there's like pretty much no way you're going to get the information you need to make that bet. I don't think. For what it's worth, too, like they haven't posted kill spreads on this yet, but like Fanatics minus five and a half kills over Origin, right? If they lose to Origin, this probably gets deflated a little bit, maybe, and you could get some kill spread value if you think Fanatics just going to stomp this match. I'm probably yeah, not I... messing with kill spreads early in the season because I like to collect more data before I do that. Because we don't like, I don't like. I like over unders early because you can beat the number pretty easily, just knowing how the meta is going to be. But kill spreads, it's always hard to tell because you don't like you're you're basically relying on a team to exceed expectations, which is weird, right? Especially early, like the games tend to be fifty fifty as it is. Like I don't want to be laying 
kill spreads, right? Even for better odds. I would, I'd be interested. I actually don't know the stat. I'd be interested what the average margin of victory in an LCS or LEC game is by kills. I would have guessed, if you asked me just as a guess, I would have guessed that it's like seventh. Like I would think the average kill margin of victory is pretty is pretty heavy. I'm gonna find this out for you just real quick. Cal, you have thoughts on this game or no? Any more? That's it. Yeah, I think LSE is kind of boring this week. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of cool that it's back, but I don't know. I think NA is a lot more fun. Yeah, I think there's more interesting stuff going on in NA this week. EU, EU like we discussed earlier, for me is just like a little bit segregated this split and it's going to be a little bit less interesting for me because of the segregation. Agreed. Uh, so, I mean, we, we do have one more game. We have, uh, <laughs> ready for this one? Yeah. G2 minus 1200. <laughs> Against SK Gaming plus 600. There's your spot to take an underdog. Yeah. If you're take an underdog, this is the game I would take an underdog in. 600 is a little absurd. I mean, I mean I'm going to. I know I'm going to. I'm going to say that I'm not going to, and I will. Like, 100%. Like, I can't say no to that on day on day two. There's no reason that the G2 can't have, like, spend the entire offseason partying, and now they're all terrible, and SK's mad. You know, you know, what's, you know, what's, you know what's really messed up about this is G2 could spend all season all partying and not preparing at all and probably still smash your up and go like 16 and 2 like i don't know this team is ridiculous the g2 were like them do you guys know smash brothers at all no yeah. not much all right so so ice climbers what was that ice climbers oh yeah okay so you know ice climbers do you know yeah. the pro scene at all yes so a little bit. do you know who mango is no, I just all I know the Asian. I people. actually do know who Mango is. Okay, so Mango, <laughs> so Mango is. I don't want to call him a shamble of a man, but he's a bit of a shamble of a man, right? He's just a savant. Like my man's like one tournaments, just getting completely shit faced. Shows up hungover on Championship Sunday and just smashes the field, like completely destroyed, right? Just gifted. He's just a savant. G two feel that way to me. Like I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm not. I'm not saying they're gonna do that, but like G two could probably win this game blindfolded. Like six hundred just feels too much against G two in general, just because G two is always the kind of team that can lose to anybody. They even miss though they a should, round. They should win ninety percent of their games, but they they'll still lose. Their losses they'll win seventy five percent of their games. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're going to only lose to the best teams. Like the way that they play, they're going to lose. They're going to win a ton of their games, but they're going to lose to completely random teams at completely random times. We did say that, like you know, they're going to be on a mission after getting humiliated like that. So maybe that's a reason not to take the dog in this spot. This is game two instead of game one, so they might have got that out of their system a little bit. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they maybe they come out and, and win like you know twenty five to two or something in the first day, and they're like, oh yeah, this is business as usual. Let's clown around. <laughs> yeah, right. So you got to think too, SK Gaming. Like, there's a good chance they just have this pinned. Like, this is like their Super Bowl for the first half of the season, right? True, true. And they've had like five weeks to prepare some nonsense for it that they're not going to have to show against Vitality. Probably, uh, I don't know. I almost wish we were getting better odds on this, but it is a best of one. So I guess you well, can't 600. ask for 600 and a best of one. You can't really ask for much more than that outside of like, you know, a college team against SK Telecom or something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. So 
All right, that's Europe for the first week. We liked, uh, I think we we liked a lot of dogs. What were the dogs we didn't like? You guys preferred Schalke, or no? You you guys liked Excel a lot, right? Against Schalke. Yeah, I like Excel in, in both their spots, actually. Yeah, yeah, um, I do. I do as well. I liked Schalke against Origin plus two hundred quite a bit. Uh, I liked Misfits against Rogue quite a bit. I liked all the underdogs besides Mad Lions, basically. <laughs> no, really. I think I liked every single dog on this slate besides Mad Lions, and I don't particularly like SK Gaming. Oh man! But I'm like eight out of ten dogs. Like legitimately, gonna, you're gonna be raining it in if it's a dogs weekend here. Yeah, and then you know all the favorites except for Mad Lions and SK win, and then okay. <laughs> But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, NALCS. Uh, first game on Saturday is going to be Dignitas, the new look Dignitas, the return of Dignitas to Professional League of Legends against Counterlogic Gaming, two of the oldest organizations in Professional League. Uh, Dignitas plus 197, CLG minus 287. I'm going to pass this one to you guys while I finish writing these down. Yeah, uh, Dignitas, they're a little interesting because I do think they're the worst team in the league by season's end. However, they do have a lot of veterans, guys that could come out here and, and have a good first weekend. But CLG just looks like one of the better teams in the league to me. I think I just end up passing on this one. Uh, the odds a little too heavy on CLG, and I don't think Dignitas is going to get it done, so I'll pass on them as well. It's, a, it's another pass for me, a conservative o- opening weekend. Yeah, I agree as well. As you, um, I think CLG is just way better than Dignitas. Um, I don't know what the hype is about him. I mean, Jesus Christ, like just a bunch of old dudes playing a video game. Come on, all right. I know, like, so many people like on on Dignitas day one. It's just actually like, I don't know. It's maybe like one guy, like one lane where they can just bully someone. You know what I mean? So they've got some, they've got a lot of name value, even though I don't think they're going to end up being very good. I can see why some people are on them because they have frog in and Hooney, you know, names that people know. I just don't think they're going to end up being a very good team this split, but I agree. I'll tell you, uh, if you guys haven't noticed, or if you guys haven't been doing much Twittering and stuff recently, the uh, Thorin is becoming like one of those football posts that like is from 30 years ago and doesn't know how the game's played now and just like hard stands people from like 20 years ago that's that's like what dude. thorns like now look at his twitter recently dude i all right so i gotta straight up i'm a fan of thorn i am oh i am too like he gets a lot of bullshit he's not always right about everything but i love that the the esports community in general has a guy like him and i think it's important that we have guys like him right like I don't – imagine if Skip Bayless knew mostly what the fuck he was talking about, <laughs> and that's Thorin. Like, ima- yeah. like, how much more entertaining would Skip Bayless be if he was, like, 90% knew what he was talking about instead of, like, you know, 30%, right? Like, I, I think Thorin's one of the, like, smartest people in esports history when it comes yeah. to esports itself. That's the problem for me with Thorin is Thorin's abilities, opinions outside of esports are completely batshit bat insane as far as I've But But in esports stuff, I think he's one of the smartest people in esports. But recently, every post has just been like, Froggen's going to dumpster all yeah, these fan, kids. Fan and fan all like, every, all of his posts are about guys who are good, like 
five years ago and just talking about how they're just going to dumpster all these kids. It's like, oh, you're, you're like turning into one of those. He's a bo- okay boomer, right? That's yeah. <laughs> really trying to get one of those dudes that's always like, well, I know Derrick Henry's good, but you should have seen Bill Jenkins back in 1919. He oh, would run through the – You got to run the – you, you know, teams – look at the teams that are left. They're the teams that run the ball. There's a direct correlation to running the ball and winning football. Oh, I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that you're ahead yeah, you at run all. The ball when you're, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that's how, that's how Thorne's sounding to me recently. It's just like all of his posts are like the football guy. They were talking about uh, – somebody made a post the other day. Somebody made a post the other day. It's a little bit of a digression, but that I, I'm sure you guys would enjoy. Where he was talking about like they just did the the football's greatest hundred players or whatever from the last hundred years or the the top team yeah. from the last hundred years. And some guy was just posting all the defensive players that they posted and just basically kept saying like, "You think this guy can guard Derrick Henry? You think this guy can guard Derrick Henry?" And it's all like it's all like people from like 1922, like they weigh like 160 pounds, like. How is this guy on the top 100 players to ever play the game if he couldn't even guard an average running back these days? I mean, Derrick Henry's not average, but I just thought it was funny. Yeah, but. I get what you're saying. Uh, like, I'm, I'm a fan of the guy, but yeah, he does. Uh, he does have his moments where he's he boomered like, out. Yeah, he's like, and you got to remember, like, part of it. The thing is, like, part of it is is him playing a character, but like, there's some times where he's clearly not, and he just has no idea. Most <laughs> of the time, he's awesome, and like, I love. He's really good at hosting a talk show. He's brilliant at it. Like, it's interesting. It's interesting as hell to listen to, right? But I don't know. Uh, let me pull up. So we, we kind of realized midway through our show here that the NA odds are a little off and the schedule's off. So I am adjusting as we go here. So you got to bear with me. But I think we have... A more accurate setup here. So we have um, next. So we want to go to NA next, right? We talked Let's about Dignitas CLG, right? Um, I'm probably, I'm probably going to be on Dignitas like again. It's the same thing. Like I, uh, I don't know. Bored. Same uh, same tired. Same tired week one argument. I know. Not full of hot takes. I don't know. I think CLG's roster is just too good for me to predict against them. It's kind of like some of the other ones. Like, I understand the week one argument, but some of these rosters are just too good to lose to these other rosters in week one, I think. You know, it's, I could be wrong. what's crazy to me is, so, like, on our on our NA preseason show, Chris definitely, like, changed my mind on CLG a little bit. Like, they're bringing a lot of stuff back. If, if you look at CLG, they basically just upgraded. Like, they just strictly upgraded, right? Like, big upgrades to me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, Crown is a huge upgrade. Yeah, like, so, like, by that logic, like, we saw how good this, like, middling roster was last year, and they way overperformed. Even if they don't overperform to that level, they've upgraded, so they should stay probably about the same, right? Like, if you, if you like, counteract those two things, like, they overperformed with a weaker roster last year. Maybe they don't overperform this year, but they've upgraded the roster. So to me, they should stay probably about where they were, which was like, what, like, maybe not where they literally finished. We had them power ranked probably what, like fourth? Yeah, third, fifth, right, fourth, right in the middle fifth, there, right. So, I will say, um, there's a lot of, and if you don't have people like this, by the way, then you're probably too arrogant. Is and what I'm going to say is that I have a couple different people in the community, the betting and fantasy community, that I disagree with on all kinds of stuff and still think they're really great analysts. Like, when their power rankings come out, I'm like, no, 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 none of this is right. 
but I think that they're absolutely fantastic analysts and they just have a different thought process to me. And there's a guy in our fantasy league who drafted three CLG players in the season long fantasy for his main roster, like just has all the faith in the world in in CLG's roster. So that always makes me think twice when somebody I think highly of is like all in on a team like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always good, like, as a, even as a thought experiment to just be like, you know, check yourself. Like, make the case for the other side. Because a lot of yeah. times, like, there's a better case than you think, and you can end up, like, tempering your expectations a little bit, right? It's just yeah. a good thought exercise to go through. Because a lot of people spend a lot of time on this stuff that are, like, very intelligent people and, like, you know, put a lot of time into it. So, and I say that with, like, just that's just, like, life in general. That's, like, actual life advice, right? Yeah. It's just, like, don't necessarily give the like don't necessarily give the benefit of the doubt but like look into what other people are saying sometimes because sometimes there's stuff to it right yeah one of the worst one of the worst signs for you as an analyst is if you think everybody who disagrees with you is an idiot definitely agree like definitely yeah like i will say that like this is one of the better parts of like the the specifically betting community too is that betting can make you look so stupid like really easily (laughs) so you check the ego at the door pretty quickly a lot of the time, and yep. it just ends up being like, oh, I'm looking at this from a number standpoint. I'm looking at this from a film review standpoint. Like, let's Yeah, he, he sees the narrative I'm not seeing. Or, yeah. yeah, there's tons of reasons why somebody can think differently than you and still be a good analyst. Well, it's also great, too, because, like, and I'm trying to think of who it was. It might have been the uh, – I can't remember the cast now, but they had, they had Will Brinson from CBS Sports on, and he was talking about how, like, things change when you got skin in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so easy to spout off some nonsense if you don't got anything in it, but, like, it's it's so much more interesting when you got skin in the game because it's like, okay, like, you got to really defend your point now, right? <laughs> so, and, again, it can make you look like an asshole sometimes, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, next up we have Golden Guardians, plus 147, 100 Thieves, minus 207. I don't like golden guardians but i don't know man yeah golden guardians is interesting to me here go ahead yeah go go for it john i'm gonna probably probably one of my favorites that we've seen so far golden guardians of plus 147 this is another team uh that a lot of people have ranked very lowly and i see some some pretty bright spots there 100 thieves i mean they took their roster they got someday back which is great they lost Bang. I'm not seeing like where the, the the strength of 100 Thieves is coming from. Someday alone. Someday Cody Suns is solid. Like Medios is solid. Rioma we don't really know much about. Stunt I've always rated as kind of under average. I think Golden Guardians has a good chance of being better than 100 Thieves this year. And yeah. first game of the season, well, I might take a shot on the Golden Guardians here. Yeah, like, this is another case of why is this line like this, right? Like, I don't... There's more name value on 100 Thieves. Yeah, maybe they were better probably. last season. There's there's some reasons for it, I think, but for me, I think I, I'm going to take a shot on the Golden Guardians here. I think they're going to be better than people think. Cal, what do you yeah. think on this one? I do like Golden Guardians because I think their roster is nice, but I am don't think I'm going to bet it because I think 100 Thieves is just a better team in general. Um, I won't say there's like an upgrade, but I think this this synergy here and then adding Ryoma, I mean we don't know how he's gonna play it, but maybe he just like I said, he just come out just, just straight banging and we just don't know. So 
But I think as a core of 100 Thieves, I like them a lot more than uh, Golden Guardians. And who knows? Like, who's they have a new coach too, right? It's not probably anymore. Yeah, no, probably's gone. I will say uh, I'm pretty famous on this show for like hating on players. Like, it's pretty well known that I have like a whole bunch of players that I don't like. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it the other way this season. I'm standing Keith's support. I'm on Keith. I'm in on Keith's support. I think he's gonna be good. I'm going the opposite way. I mean, it's, it's we not with negative. We got to see some games with this, right? Keith support. We well, played challenge. He played in Challenger, right? Well, he wasn't the carry though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know he played carry, but we got to see him play support for. Was F, it was FBI right? Uh, we haven't seen – he is supporting FBI, but I don't believe we've seen him play support with FBI yet. Okay. Uh, uh, Hoohy. Hoohy, that's playing. what it was. Like, that was I, key. I will say, like, it's not always a seamless transition necessarily, but, like, going from a carry role to, like, a high-demand high role like that to support lets you think about the game a lot more. And if you have veteran players that are experienced – that can be a good move where you take some of the onus off of like them actually having to perform like mechanically yeah, and just think about the game. Like Keith's been around for a long, long time. Keith was like halfway up. He's like basically been a coach. He's like doing Keith is basically doing like the yellow star thing where like yellow star is like, okay, like I'm retired. I'm going to coach. But like yellow star is like playing in EU masters. Like he's like, he's like playing with these like minor league teams, but like he's not really playing. He's just, a coach that's playing in the game with you, right? Yeah, and he Keith also had kind of like a uh, a golden glue feel to him in yeah. that when he was in Challenger, he was always one of the best eighty carries in Challenger and often like completely dominated people in Challenger. But then every time he got a run in the LCS, he was like underperforming. So it was like he's like stuck in between Challenger and the LCS basically. Doesn't Keith feel a little bit like the the backup quarterback that you know is going to be a stud coach. Yeah, he does. He's Doesn't he feel, very he much feels like he feels like, I mean, I'm a Philly guy. Doesn't he feel like Doug Peterson a little bit? Like just like, wasn't good enough to hack it, but like he gets the game. He knows the game. He's been in this scene for half a decade, probably more yeah. than that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense as a comparison for like, me. I could totally see this work. I mean, I mean, obviously he's not coaching in this case. He's going to be moving to support. But when you go from eighty carry to support, there's not that much of a difference in the comprehension of of what you're doing. You have a different job, but it's in the same context, right? And you already know how to play that lane. Like exactly. you know what what you wanted from a support when you were an eighty carry. I don't think it's that tough of a transition to make. As a matter of fact, I think that's probably the easiest transition to make, and a transition that I think some people should probably make. Maybe like Wild Turtle, like some of these other. Yeah, ones. I mean, honestly, he's shoring up kind of his weakness too, because Keith's big weakness. If for anybody that ever watched Keith in the LCS, his big weakness was always that like he'd play really good, and then one time he would just like misposition horribly, and they would just auto lose the fight late in the game. What and it would happen almost every game. He was just and like so, Wild Turtle, honestly. Yeah, and so this is a good opportunity as a support. You know, you can play champions where maybe that doesn't have as big of an impact. Maybe you can misposition at the end of a game, and it's all right. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it should be interesting. I, I, I'm with you. Like, I'm, I think it could happen. I think he's, he could be fine. Like, I, I think this bot lane could be really good, actually. So, yeah, I, I give me give me the Guardians here. I'm with you on that. Yeah, but I think I like the Guardians. 
Cal, Guardians? I don't know. I, I'm i just going to stay away from this for now. Probably. Yeah. I'm gonna, probably I'm gonna have to think, I would have to think about it. Conservative Cal coming out again. Yeah, what, <laughs> yeah. Co- conservative Cal 2020. Like, where were you all 2019? Like, where is this? <laughs> this ain't the LPL. It's uh, big true. Big true. I'll agree with that. Next up, we have Fly Quest minus 128, Immortals minus 113. So, you know, obviously this is juiced up because, you know, we, we could talk about that on another show, but books are going to juice up esports lines because they don't know what they're doing. So, uh, you know, Fly Quest is a slight favorite here. This feels like a Fly Quest bet to me, but I have to temper myself a little bit because Immortals is one of those teams that I think is going to be bad long term, but could come out pretty strong yeah. at the beginning of the season. We talked about that again. This is another reason to go back and listen to our, our tier list shows. Uh, I think a lot of these teams that Dignitas, Immortals, like a lot of these teams that are, we don't think are very good, but are returning a lot of veterans are probably going to be pretty good to start with just because they are what they are. And they're that yep. right away for the most part. Yeah. So, usually five, five veterans getting together. Don't take that long to gel. Like they can figure out a basic play style pretty quick and they all know what they're doing. But then you have a team like Flyk or 100 Thieves last year where we just assumed that and it backfired big time. But most mm-hmm. of the time, when you get a bunch of veterans together, or like four or five veterans together on a team, it's like that. It's just a matter of do these veterans still have the chops to be elite, right? Sometimes they do, right? Like we, we've seen Doublelift. How many years have people been saying like Doublelift eventually going to fall off? But he just is Tom Brady, apparently, and just doesn't care. And he's just never – Uzi, just never going to fall off. Just doesn't care, right? Yeah. Is so as that? Like, it, are some of these, like, veteran players that, that have you know, been in the scene for 10-plus years, you know, 8, 9, 10 years now, are some of these guys going to start falling off now? Or are, do we just need to, like, admit that they're good and they're the exception to the rule, right? Yeah. That's like the big question. Like, I tend to think just you you take the veterans in this spot, just because. Like, I agree with you. Like, I I don't think either of these teams are particularly great, but I don't know. This is also like not plus money. That's the thing. That's what's confusing about it. Like, I think I want I want to say that Viper is good enough. I do that. Too. They're gonna be that they're gonna win this matchup yeah. fairly handily. So, I was and, just gonna say that too. Power of Evil's passable, and Santorin's pretty good. Yeah, I think FlyQuest probably takes this one. Yeah. I mean, it's probably Fly... I'm probably just going to stay away from this one. All right. Uh, Dignitas. Actually, all right. So, I've, I hammered out the issue that we were having. Um, the top four teams have been off the board because there's questions about who's starting and everything. I think. Uh, okay. So on Saturday, the opening match is Cloud9 versus Team Liquid. That's why I knew something was off with this. I don't see any lines anywhere for this. I don't know if you want to look real quick. Yeah, let me John, have a look real quick. Because I've looked at I've looked at a few books now and I knew something was up with this scheduling, but Cloud9 Team Liquid, I'm not seeing anything. So Yeah, I don't think they post any lines yet cuz honestly as well. like if you had to cap these two, like it's probably they're probably going to be closer to even than we think. And then once the line opens, it'll probably get bet in Cloud9's favor because Poe Belter is going to start a jungle for Liquid, right? So You're right. You're... This is very weird. 
they have they only have eight lines up on yeah on Bovada, and it's not like nine. this is like a Monday. It's not like this is the Monday game. It's like this is the first game Saturday. Yeah, that's very bizarre. And I guess you you must be right. It's just because they're not a hundred percent sure if it's going to be Schoenfire or Pobelter that's starting for TL. Yeah. Like I think it's probably going to be Pobelter. They've come out and said that more or less. Someone right? someone on Twitter told me that Schoenfire has visa issues. No, it's Brock's that oh, and Schoenfire? Yeah, because I was like, I, I, I tweeted something out saying, wait, TL has Schoenfire? How come they don't bring him up? Uh, I know for for sure that Schoenfire's in the Team Liquid facility right now. Okay. They, they posted a picture of it earlier today. So it it could theoretically be Schoenfire. Oh, that'd be pretty sweet to see him play, actually. I would I would really like that. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Right? He's, yeah. he's been really good at Dire Wolves, yeah. Yeah, that could be uh, that could be a thing. So uh, that makes more sense. That's why we only had eight lines because there's just not lines for Cloud9 versus TL. And then another one that we're going to get to later. But uh, Must be either TL's other game. Is it TL's other game? No, yeah, it is. It's TL okay, versus TL. So, yeah, they just, so yeah, they just the line, it's off the board just like you would see for football with an injury or something like that, right? So temporarily off the board. Uh, so we got through Flying Immortals. Um, that's the Saturday games. Then we're going to have the Sunday games, which are – going to open with Dignitas versus Evil Geniuses. The first time we're going to get to see rebranded Evil Geniuses back in the professional league scene. Dignitas plus 125, Evil Geniuses minus 175. Really like EG. Yeah. Yeah, I actually like EG a lot. I don't know if I'm going to pay this much, but I I might. I think I'm going to. Like, you guys had Dignitas finishing like dead last, right? I'm trying to. Uh, yeah, I, I have Dignitas dead last in my rankings. I had. It's pretty I close. had Dignitas. It's pretty close. Second to last. Yeah, yeah, yeah like... I had second to last. So, I had EG third. I think no, I had EG fourth. That's what it was. It was fourth. So like I had Cloud Nine. I think I had Cloud Nine ahead of them. But I don't know. I. It's still like the under. It's still the week one thing to me, but. 175 is payable to me. Like I, I, I'm not afraid to pay that. I think he's yeah. going to be good. Yeah, and I think they're better at like every position. Basically, I'm not really sure where. But, I mean, I guess the veteran factor is pretty much what Dignitas has going for them. But I'll pay minus 175. I'm not mad. Like, where's the plus matchup for you? Like Huni, maybe. Huni's their best matchup probably, and it's still. I don't think it's a plus matchup against Kumo. It's like maybe a slight plus if you're optimistic yeah. about him and pessimistic about Kumo. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's at, that's like at worst than even matchup for me, and so I yeah I like it for uh, for EG. Yeah, well, not too much else on that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, EG's like the one favorite I'm going to pay on the board. I think like for the entire slate this weekend. So I think honestly, if we had the other lines, there's a pretty good chance that either TSM, probably TSM, would be my bet of the week. Probably, I would probably take TSM at plus money. Pretty much any plus money. Yeah, I mean, versus TL. Cap that. I mean, cap that yourself. Assume Shurnfire starting for Liquid. I mean, yeah, we can just wait until we get to that. We'll just wait till we get to that, and we'll talk about it. Okay. Um. So we're all on EG. Yeah. TSM minus three hundred against Immortals plus two twenty five. Just that's no bet. That's a no bet for me. Yeah, like I, I like dogs, but I think TSM is going to be legit. I think TSM is going to be probably the second best team, and if if Liquid stumble enough with all these. Visa issues and, and 
getting settled and all that, if they stumble enough with this, then I could actually see a TSM winning. I mean, I liked you, – you mentioned on the uh, preseason show, John, that you like TSM to win the regular, regular season. season. Yeah, I plus six fifty. I plus love 650. that bet. Yeah, me too. Because I could totally see it. Like, I made it my number one bet in any region for this year. Was uh, I really like that bet? Yeah. Like, how long can these these? I mean, this could go on for a couple of weeks. I, I think Chris mentioned that he's like, "There's a good chance this goes on for a little bit. Like, it's not just automatic that it's going to work out. We've seen in the past the situations like this. We've seen this in professional sports." Yep. I don't know if people remember. I mean, this was like two years ago now, but um, the expansion year for the Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL, they were supposed to bring over a – he was arguably the best player in the KHL, uh, uh, Vladimir Shapachev, who's a center. He's supposed to be like one of the best players in the KHL, arguably the best player in the KHL. And they had this like, you know, expansion drafted team, and then he was going to be the lead center for it, right? They ran into a bunch of visa issues and a bunch of contract issues, and he just never came. Like he just never got here. Like I think he, I, don't, I think he played like one game, and that was it. So like, and we've seen this in esports too. Like it's totally possible that this some. I'm assuming they'll figure this out, but don't rule out the possibility. Like if you're gonna argue the fade TL angle, it's the fact that this takes a while, or it just doesn't happen, and then all of a sudden you're looking pretty good. In futures yeah. odds on like teams like TSM or Evil Geniuses. Now, I think even if it's a sub jungler, I actually still think Liquid are probably the favorites. It's just not by yeah. as much as they're going to be. Yep, I feel the same way. They would still be a favorite if you told me Sure and Fire was going to yeah, play. Yeah, Sure and Fire is just their their jungler for the whole season. I think Team Liquid are still the favorite to win the split. But <laughs> uh, yeah, just kind of an interesting angle. Like it might be worth fading Team Liquid the first couple weeks anyway. Like, don't – it's not like auto-fade status, but it's definitely worth considering for each individual case, right? Yep, I'd agree with that. All right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not touching TSM Immortals. That's too much. Like, I, I like dogs. I don't, uh, I don't know. I might talk myself into this one, but for now, I'm just going to pass. Golden Guardians, plus 275. Cloud9, minus 400. Dude. Big so, numbers. So we talked about how Golden Guardian. So we liked a team like Dignitas early to, you know, they have veterans. We liked a team like Dignitas to have a decent start and maybe upset some of these teams. We specifically mentioned that we don't like a team like Golden Guardians, right? Where there's just too many new pieces and it's going to take them a little while to gel. It's yeah. the equivalent of, um, of, uh, who was it in, in EU? Who's the slow starter in EU? Oh, Mad Lions. Okay. Like, where we think Mad Lions has a lot of potential, but oh, yeah. we just don't know, right? Like, it's going to take them a while to establish themselves or get comfortable with the pro scene. That's yeah. at least the read, anyway. I kind of feel that way about Golden Guardians. Like, I, I think they're going to end up being better than the teams at the bottom of the table, but not right away. It's going to take them a little bit. I, I think they're going to come out all right, but I don't think they're going to win this matchup for sure. Yeah, the 400 is just too much to pay for Cloud9, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm even kind of lower on Cloud9 than a lot of other people, but I still don't think they're they're losing the GGS in the first week. Kyle, you like Golden Guardians here at all? Any love for the Guardians? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 275 is a big number. Yeah, I think I'm going to... I might put like a half unit on the Golden Guardians. Might be like so. the... 
the dog system play, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not not all in yet. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It is best of one first. Give me the guardians. I'll take the guardians for a little bit. <laughs> I hate it. I even talked myself. I talked myself out of it and then back into it. <laughs> All right, next up we have FlyQuest, plus 140, CLG minus 200. CLG minus 200. I, I think I'd pay for that, to be honest with you. I love CLG this this, this year, actually, this season. I do. Th- Dude, Chris like, oh, really sold me on it on, the, pre- on the, the preview show for NA, man. Like, I guess I just didn't see that angle. This is why we do this, right? I just didn't see that angle. The angle was just like, this team's strictly upgraded. I just yeah. like didn't. I just like didn't see that. I was like, "Oh man, it's CLG, classic CLG. They're gonna be overrated. I'm gonna bet them. I'm gonna make a lot of money." Blah blah blah. blah. But like, they just upgraded. And think about all the CLG teams in the past that I've hated. Like, what's the thing I've hated about CLG? Is they're just not that talented, right? Yeah, and they do have some talent on. And that they have squad, some talent huh? now, so it's like, I don't know. I. I'm almost willing to pay 400 for this unless Viper just goes ballistic on Ruin. Yeah, like, I don't that's, know. My, like, that's my only fear with this matchup is that there is one clear mismatch for FlyQuest, even though I think happens. CLG's better everywhere else. Like, CLG's worst player is matched up with FlyQuest's by far best player. And that's the only thing that kind of scares me a little also, bit about. Also, Viper is potentially, like, elite. Like, Yeah, I think he's definitely potentially. Sound settings got a little messed up. Uh, I, I think I'm. I don't know, man. Two hundred is too much. I'll probably just pass this. Like I think CLG is definitely better, but like Viper could just steal the game by himself. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on it in the end. I think, but if you wanted to bet uh, the CLG side, I wouldn't be mad. I don't think I would bet FlyQuest. EG minus one fifty four hundred thieves plus one ten. This is a good example, by the way, of why I wouldn't bet that last game. Is I think if you're going to bet that last game, I'd rather just bet this game. Yeah, exactly. Bet EG right? at, a, at a better price in what I feel is like a similar matchup. Yeah, I, I have I have FlyQuest and 100 Thieves pretty close, and I have EG and CLG pretty close. Like, they're both tiers apart from one another. Like, yeah, why I'm would just I getting pay 200 instead of 154, right? Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, this might be one of the few favorites I'm on. So, like, what am I on? I'm on EG... Who was it? It was EG, FlyQuest, and that was it. Hey, yeah, you only had a couple you were in on. I think on. it was EG, FlyQuest, and maybe Shalka, but I told myself I'd end up playing Excel. So, like, yeah, I'm only on a couple. That's one of them. So, I, I like EG in this spot. 154 is, I think, probably pretty good. Like, give like three weeks into the season, play out these two teams' scripts. What's this line if these two teams meet again in, like, week five? I think it's actually probably reasonably heavy one way or another, but I don't know which way it goes. Yeah. Like, like I think I think EG is going to project to be pretty good, and this ends up being like you know minus two fifty in, in three weeks. Yeah. Now, obviously, you don't want to bet just on that because again, week one, best of one format. Week one, the dogs are going to be more prepared than anything else. I just also don't think like you're getting that much value on hundred thieves in this spot. Whereas with some of these other dogs, you are getting good value on them. So, I don't know. Like, when you put everything close to 50-50, it's more about, like, picking the team you think is better. But, like, if you put everything close to 50-50 and you're getting plus 180 on a dog or something like that, you take the dog, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Next up, Cal, thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, I almost had 100 Thieves as my pick of the week. <laughs> Seriously? I, I almost did, but then I realized what the roster was for EG because I blanked out. And I'm like, yeah, never mind. Took that off. <laughs> Kuma so, yeah. is just going to go to Pan. I don't know, dude. Someday. This is the same thing as like FlyQuest, right? Except FlyQuest, you're getting a buck 40, and this, you're only getting a buck 10. I don't know. I'm kind of talking myself out of touching this game at all. Anyway. <laughs> last game. Of the slate, right? One, three, four, five. Yeah. So the EG Hundred Thieves. I didn't mention this. The EG Hundred Thieves is going to be the first game on Monday night, and then the next one that we're going to talk about is the second game on Monday night, which is Liquid versus TSM. Also off the board. Also presumably because of the Liquid um, roster questions, right? So let's assume this is Shurnfire. Yeah, if we assume it's Shurnfire. So where do you think the books put the, put this, and where do you where do you personally put it, John? I think the books would make it like TSM plus one fifty, plus one forty. Like Liquid gets an awful lot of love yeah. in the odds. So like minus two hundred plus one fifty, kind of. Like <clears throat> yeah, something right in there. I personally would have this pretty close to a pick 'em, uh, maybe edge to TSM. I really like TSM's roster this year. Yeah, I and I you mentioned this during <clears throat> the the preview show that I. TSM have been bad for long enough that they're going to be coming out like, listen, we're 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 done being the laughing stock. Like we're done being a meme. Like this is, I I like TSM in this spot almost regardless of the number. And it's like I think Liquid are going to be the best team, but like without the jungler setup, without a lot of that was predicated on Broxa, right? Like I think yeah. TL are the best team in NA, even with like say Shurnfire or Pobelter playing jungle, right? But that's over time. It's not going to be right away, right? Yeah. If you if, if the championship was today and you told me TL was starting Shurnfire in a best-of-five series, I'm probably going to take a shot on TSM. Yeah, I think if TSM is plus odds and we know Shurnfire is the jungler, I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably take TSM. Like, just ignore the odds for a second. It's Just pick a team to win. Yeah, just very close matchups. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's... Man, yeah, it, it's pretty close to a 50-50 for yeah. me. Yeah, without, without the consistency of like having played the games together and everything like i i would probably lean tsm but it's like very close to 50 50 right when in reality the odds we're going to get are more than likely going to be plus odds for tsm so just take the plus odds in a best of one like this with a new jungler no question to me i, I think and i i still think like we could win the split with a new jungler right i just think they this could be like a rocky start i know this team hasn't really had like the hangover or the slow start necessarily but I don't know. I, I like TSM because I, mostly because I think TSM is good as opposed to like the last like year and a half where I haven't been that impressed with their roster. Right. Yep. So, Cal, Liquid TSM, cap it. Put your own odds on it. Um. So yeah, I, honestly, from what I've heard around just the community, I, they're saying that Paul Belter is going to play like the entire weekend. That's and what I'm thinking. It is. They've been. People's been saying that he's been doing really well in scrims, and like, I, like I said, I don't take scrims too serious because like, you know it's it's still like something. And if Paul Belter is looking good in the jungle spot, I mean it's the same thing that we said about Keith. You know, I mean Paul Belter's been a mid laner for a long ass time, and then he just switched to jungle. You know, obviously I think this patch I played a little bit, it's just a little bit more aggro in the jungle jungler position. But I mean, you know, I. Full Belgian can do it, so 
I don't know. I think if you if I were to cap this, it would be closer to even money, in my opinion. Maybe I'll edge it to TL. Yeah, it'd be a close battle. So, like, we we briefly mentioned Cloud Nine versus TL, like same kind of logic, right? Like, if it's close to even money, you probably just take Cloud9, right? Like, I have a little more... I, I'm more optimistic on TSM than I am on Cloud9, but it's pretty close to me. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's going to be one of the matchups of the split, really, because I think it's just a really close matchup. Uh, yeah, I think TL versus TSM. When Broxa gets there, I think TL has an edge. But... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even sure it's huge when when Broxy gets there. I think it's definitely there, but yeah, I think it's. I think it's going to be a good split over NNA. I think TL should win, but it's going to be a good split. It's gonna like. It's not going to be a surefire thing now. Not surefire. It's not going to be as sure. It's not going to be a surefire. Yeah, it's not going to be as sure a thing with uh, all these jungle questions. I mean, maybe they start rough. We'll see. I don't know. Um. So that's it for this weekend. Um. First opening weekend in the Western regions. Uh, China's already started, but they're on the Chinese New Year, so they'll be back in the second week of February. The LCK is starting up in the second week of February. But before we get out of here, and we briefly mentioned it earlier, it's our favorite segment every week. It's our, really our only segment every week is um, Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. I still have to figure mine because you, you guys have figured yours out. But, uh, but I've moved to... mine around a bunch. Like, <laughs> I've switched it like three times during the course of the show because this is not one of the more exciting betting weeks for me. See, I love opening week. Like, Usually I, I do too, but it, it feels like they've gotten pretty close. Yeah, I, I think it's weird. When I first looked at it, I was like, oh man, there's a ton of stuff in NA. And then I realized like, I'm confident on all the dogs in EU, but I'm less confident on all the dogs in NA. So like, I kind of like EU more, but, uh, let's, uh, I don't know. Joe, John, open, Joe, open the betting. I'm going to write mine down. So. so this is a rare one for me. Cause I almost exclusively play underdogs as my picks of the week, but I'm going with a favorite this week. I'm going to take FlyQuest minus 128 against Immortals. I think FlyQuest is going to get it done. Elaborate. I, I, I just really think Viper just smashes Soaz. I know people love Soaz. I think he just smashes Soaz. And Xmithy and Santorin, honestly, is a pretty close to even matchup for me. And then the rest of the map just like is all FlyQuest. Even with Wild Turtle, I honest to God think Wild Turtle and, um, and Ignar are better than the the classic Alltech bot lane. You, sir, are hating on Alltech and Hako. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, those are two guys I don't have a, a lot of faith in. Dude, that's a cheap shot. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I am pro Alltech and Hakuo, but, man, that's a cheap shot. You put the Turtle <laughs> and Ignore, man, like, come on. Come on, a little well, show Ignar, respect. Ignore is, like, very good, and he is, like, he's pretty good, and he is aggressive, and... Wild Turtle wants an aggressive support because he just wants to go balls deep all the time I and hope s- it works. I will say that we, we've kind of talked about this a lot this offseason, but like the, the support metagame right now is like Leona, Leona. Nautilus, Braum. Uh, that's an that's like Ignar. That's a, you know, maybe you haven't seen any Alistair, but Alistair could be in that equation maybe. That's very that's Ignar. Blitzcrank. Blitzcrank is in the meta. That's very Ignar. Dude, yeah, where, like- dude where is, uh, what's his name? Uh, old KT guy when you need him. 
You mean oh. in Mad Life? No, not Mad Life. Uh... Never played for God. He would, no, he was all. We made. He was like a meme for the longest time. Oh, I can't remember now. It wasn't Ignore. Maybe it was Ignore. Anyway, um, I'll think of it in a second. Um, Cal, what about you? Um, my pick of the week was OG plus one fifty versus Fnatic. Um, I haven't rated it equally as like I said earlier, but I think the jungler difference is is a pretty it's a step above for uh, OG, and I I really do trust OG's coaching staff as well. I think the coaching staff is probably one of the best in the LEC. So, um, they, I don't know, I just don't think Fnatic can get it done. There we go. That's that's a bold take for a man who says he's stepping off his bold takes. But I think it's a I think it's a good bold take though. I like that. Yeah. I, Thank you. I tend to look at it like when you have two good teams cuz I'm going to be I'm going to be with you on this one. Like when you have two teams that presumably are going to be pretty good, even if you have some delineation between the two, like, you know, if there's some gap between the two depending on who you ask, Plus 150s usually in a best of one in the first game of the season. Again, I know I keep saying this, but like, really, that's more amplified now than it will ever be the rest of the season. Because the more data we get, the more reasons we'll be able to talk ourselves into one side or the other, right? True. And again, like, these teams are working with the same information, nothing, right? They're working with the same screen, like, well, not necessarily the same screen partners, but like, they're coming in cold. This yeah. is as close to 50-50 as the entire season is going to be, right? So I, I I love to – especially if it's a team that looks like it's good and there's veterans on it, and, and I love the Origin plus 150. I am also on a plus 150. I'm taking SK Gaming plus 150 against Vitality. Same odds, two much worse teams, I think. But, <laughs> again, like, when you have two bad teams – or two bottom half teams get it's first game of the season. Give me the give me the plus one fifty. Like that that's basically the storyline for this this whole slate for me is there's exceptional cases. G two, um, who are the exceptions? G two is an exception. Uh, maybe SK against G two on Saturday. Give me the dogs in all these spots, man. I'm gonna be on the dogs all weekend in Europe. Like I'm gonna be eight out of ten dogs this weekend in Europe. I'm gonna be sitting back, chilling, relaxing, waiting to see whether you're like throwing hundred dollar bills in the chat or tilting in the <laughs> chat. Just like down. critiquing everything, but yeah, like uh, it's 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 an approach that's worked for me before, and it's how I tend to approach like the first week in tournaments too. But you know, we'll see. That that that's where I'm at. Um, Hachani was the name I was thinking of, by the way. KT Hachani. Oh, Johnny! Yeah, Hachani, This would be like the most Hachani meta that ever Hachani, and like Mad Life would <laughs> be good for Mad Life too. But uh, rip in peace. All right, bringing back the sign off. The only other segment we have besides our intro <laughs> and actually talking about the games. Something outside of League of Legends that's been that's been uh, piquing your interest or or sticking in your crawl, so to speak. Cal, you can go first. Um, I actually, actually, oh, I just, it, it came up. Nice. Um, so for some reason, people nowadays, when you compliment them, they, they seem like they take it in like an aggressive, like 
tone or like they don't say like thank you anymore. People don't say thank you anymore. I guess people just don't respond to compliments very well. I don't know why, but it's so weird. Like I, I complimented this person on like having nice clothes and they're like, uh, thank you. Or like, I was like, oh, wow, you lost, you lost some weight today. She's like, whatever. And I'm like, okay, relax there. I just don't get like why people just can't accept compliments and then like, or just give like compliments back. I just feel like nowadays everyone's just so mean and people need to just chill out. Have you ever had one of those moments in league? This happens to me all the time where you're, <laughs> Where your, where your bot laner like makes a good play and you're like nice play Leona and they're like fuck you I'm trying that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like bro I was being serious it was a good play that happens to me all the time like, nice just play, a... yeah so you're an asshole stop it yeah everyone's in permanent defense mode like... yeah they are they really are like in permanent like no you suck like they're just ready to say it I feel like everyone's got to loosen up a little bit. I'm guilty yeah. of this too, but in like different, I, I it manifests in different ways for me. But like, yeah, loosen up a little. Learn to take a compliment. Learn to take criticism in a constructive manner too. For go the other side of this. I mean, shit, I could go off on this angle too. Like, learn to take criticism. It's it's not a personal attack against you. Someone's just trying to help, right? And then from the. I guess this is my sign off now too. I just hijacked Calvin's. I'm just like, <laughs> grabbing, like I'm, I'm hijacking yours now, right? Learn to take criticism positively, and if you're the one giving the criticism, be aware of how people tend to take this stuff anymore and word it in a way that isn't as necessarily harsh or, or um, I guess, abrasive is the best way to put it, right? Like, you got you to gotta word things in a way or, like, you know, craft it in a way that is constructive, and maybe I mean, this I, is, like, the teacher that's coming out of me because I, I do have an education degree, right? Like, you can critique someone and be critical of them and try to give constructive criticism, but you have to understand that you have to craft that in a way that doesn't come off as offensive. Or, you know, I'm not saying you need to dance on eggshells here because it does feel like you, like that's what Cal was saying. It feels like you have to do that sometimes nowadays. But you also don't need to be a total dick about it either, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to piggyback yours a little bit, and then I'll add mine. But, like, there is some onus, like you said, on the person who's saying it to say it in a in a way that makes sense. Like, I'll give you an example um, from the business world. The difference often between good managers and bad managers is they both tell their people to do the same things, but bad managers have an aura that's like, you need to do this right now or you're like going to be in some serious trouble. And good managers are like, hey, can you do me a favor and take care of this tonight? And they both ask you to do the same thing. The way that they do it completely changes the entire atmosphere of what's going on, changes the respect level that they have with people. It'll, you'll go a long way if even when you're saying negative things to somebody, you can learn how to say it in a way that doesn't make them get defensive immediately. So that's a valuable skill to have. Um, for my sign off, I was just going to do something kind of, it's a personal thing of mine, but I think it's something that people could learn from is recognize like there's only two people. The way that I, the reason I thought this up is there's only two people in like the last five years that I have really actively disliked. Like I'm a very easy to get along with guy. And off the top of my head, I can only think of a couple people in the last couple of years that I've actively disliked. And they shared a trait that I, that I thought I would bring up as something for people to think about. One of the things that, that really gets to me with people is when they think that the position that they're in is a position that only they could ever have achieved. When they're 
And then when they've achieved some sort of position in life, let's say they've become a, a regional manager and every conversation that you have with them, they speak in a way that says, oh, you would never understand because you could never be a regional manager. Like that's just the tone of everything that they're saying. Realize that pretty much no matter what you're good at, there's thousands of other people in the world that can do it at the same level that you can do it. There's very few people in the world that are good enough at something that there's nobody else out there that could replace yeah. them. Most of the time, your success is some combination of you being good at something, you working hard and things playing out well for you in some way or another. You knew a guy or you made a good impression on this luck. boss. This a little boss. bit of luck. Yeah, some, some kind of luck that, that helped you get there. And it's not like just because you're the you're something in some way that there's not a thousand other people out there even professional skateboarders let's say like this is just a random thing but like you would say well professional athletes right those are guys that nobody can do what they can do but even like a professional skateboarder there's probably thousands of kids around the world that are basically as good as them just skating around skate parks and they're they're not quite as good they might be just a little bit worse but it's still i just wish that people would would recognize when Things uh, your success in life is not entirely based on how good you are at stuff. And the two people that I've hated both talked to me. Every conversation we had, they talked to me as if there was no way that anybody could do what they do, and anybody could have done what they did. <laughs> it, it doesn't entitle you to being a condescending asshole. Like that's that's what it comes down to. Right? Yeah, just having some reality check on yourself about you know, like for me, just as a small quick example before we leave. But for me almost every piece of success I've had in my life can be directly correlated back to things that have nothing to do with me. My parents were very smart. When I was growing up, we had books all around the house. They talked to me in a certain way. The friends that I had growing up taught me a lot of lessons. Almost none of it had to do with the fact that I'm some sort of special human being. It's almost all related to things that happened to me or things other people did for me. So taking credit for that and walking around like I'm the hottest shit on the block because I accomplished something like I won some big poker tournaments before. I don't walk around like I'm the greatest poker player of all time. Almost none of that success has to do with me. So just recognize that there's a lot of things that went into any success you've had and you shouldn't walk around like you're some superstar for it. Yeah, you, you're allowed to be proud and humble. Like you can be yes, both. Like, and you should. So that's like the good that's the punctuation on that sentence that's, that's yeah. a really that's a really Love good it. point all right cool first episode of 2020 in the books as always uh, rate review subscribe to the show um again we're available on all sorts of outlets now uh, every little bit helps so get on that uh, we'll have to come up with some kind of like giveaway or something like that to uh, put all the comments and ratings and reviews in a, in a raffle or something like that maybe we'll we'll come up with something but yeah rate review subscribe all that stuff we will see you guys next week i am looking forward to opening weekend we will see you guys all on the other side next week with lck and picks for week two everybody have a great weekend and good luck appreciate you guys have a good one The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh.